Welcome to the family with Alex Rampard Rasmussen and Andy Rampard. So Tevin and Catherine aren't here. Who the hell knows? What are you going to do? It's just the three of us. We'll be right back with once again proof that America's not the most racist, horrible place on earth. Right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, actually, lately I've been having this good laugh looking at how the world is progressing and how everybody's getting crazier and crazier and crazier and how America sucks and it's all horrible and everything's dreadful. It's the worst place on earth. And, of course, it is actually the best place on earth to live because you can succeed in America. You will not be killed for what you believe unless, of course, you know, that far lefties start killing people, which, you know, you never know. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Here is a perfect example of why I tell people on the air all the time, no, actually, America is the best country in the world, for the, especially for the size of it. Canada's a great country, too. Don't get me wrong. I like Canada. I've never been in Mexico or South America, but I don't ever plan on going, so I don't know what they do. But there's a lot of poverty, and, I, you know, Mexico treats their people like dirt. Yeah, it's very, <clears throat> very corrupt. It all is very because corrupt, of all the yeah. drug cartels. So basically, I'll go with, uh, with uh, the United States and Canada, and then we get over to Europe, and there are some different things. But he- here's a perfect example of why America is not the worst place to live on Earth. Okay, you ready? So if anybody believes America is the worst, most horribly racist place on Earth that treats people like dirt, well, at least we don't do what the Chinese government does. The Chinese government is taking draconian measures to sl- slash birth rates among Uyghurs, and other minorities as part of a sweeping campaign to curb its Muslim population. Okay. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't think America's ever done that to anybody. Maybe they have, but they just never told me. But they're making certain that people, that Muslims cannot have babies because they don't want any more Muslims in the country. Oh, boy. 
in any case, even as it encourages some of the country's Han majority to have more children, uh, while individual women have spoken out before about forced birth control, the practice is far more widespread and systematic. That's her new favorite stuff is syst- systemic, systematic. Yeah. Systemic. Yeah, doesn't, systemic. Doesn't Mom can't say systemic. Anything. No, she can't say systemic. No, she's always like systemic. Say, systemic. Systemic. Yeah, I'm like, it's systemic. Yeah, well, this is systematic and previously known per AP investigation based on government statistics, state documents, and interviews with 30 ex-detainees, family members, and a former detention camp instructor. The campaign over the past four years is the far west region of Xinjiang is leading to what one expert calls a slow, painful, creeping genocide. So how much genocide have we had in America? Oh, that's right, none. If you ask the right people, they'll call anything a genocide. Well, that's true. I, although Native Black Lives Americans, Matter says black people are being genocided. In America? Yep. How? Well, they're crazy. That's how. That, that thing is all a moneymaker anyway. Have you yes, seen how much money that is. thing takes in? Oh, yeah. Two hundred million. I saw the last time. Yeah, it's a money laundering front. It is money laundering front. Is all it is. They don't care about anybody but themselves. But in any case, by themselves, I mean the three women who started it. Yeah. So I don't know what the deal is. Uh, the state regularly subjects minority women to pregnancy checks and forces intrauterine devices, sterilization, and even abortion on hundreds of thousands of women. The interviews and data show, even while the use of IUDs and sterilization has fallen nationwide, it's rising sharply in Xinjiang. The population control measures are backed by mass detention, both as a threat and as a punishment for failure to comply. Police do raid homes, terrifying parents as they search for hidden children. Birth rates in the, most, we, uh, the mostly Uyghur regions of Hotan and Kashgar plunged by more than 60% since 2015. Across the Xinjiang region, birth rates continue to plummet, falling nearly 24% last year alone, compared to just 4.2% nationwide. To prevent people from having children is wrong, says Gulnar Omazak, a Chinese-born Kazakh, who was, uh, was made to get an IUD inserted after having her third child. They want to destroy us as a people. So basically, the Muslims in China are saying they're trying to wipe us off the map. Makes you wonder why they don't leave. Why don't they leave? Clearly China doesn't want them there. They don't want you there. And they're going to be treated horribly until they leave. I mean, like, I get it's your homeland or whatever, but like I've been telling Melissa, if it gets a whole lot worse, I'm abandoning my homeland. No, I don't blame you. Seriously, I wouldn't blame you if you did My ancestors abandoned their homeland to come here, and now we're doing the boomerang. What do you think? Switzerland? If they'd have us. I say they can't let you in. Good luck. Good luck getting into Switzerland. Might be tough. I don't know. Like I, I just am so sick of hearing about it. What a horrible place America is, and America sucks, and America has a horrible history, and America, America, America. Mm-hmm. Look around the world and see how many places don't have slavery any longer. There are not many. So do a little studying. Do a little history. And instead of just coming up with whatever your dumbass professor told you was the truth, professors lie more than any living humans. Yes, they do. I, this is kind of like similar to what we're talking about, but also like a bit of a shift. I read the story of this woman from Virginia, I think. She was 20 years old, and she went to Uganda and opened up a nutrition center Mm -hmm. for Ugandan 
children. Hmm. And it ended up turning into like a clinic. And she had no medical training whatsoever. Oh, that's good news. And all these babies were brought to her, like, in the span of... And she would do all these things, like, put IVs in them, do blood transfusions. And she had no medical training. There were <laughs> no There were no doctors. For years she did this. And all these people were bringing their babies, their malnourished babies, into this clinic, which wasn't even a clinic, and trusting this, you know, like, white savior woman to help their children. And out of, like, just under a 1,000, 105 died because she had no frickin' clue what she was doing. Well, and now you, she you, was... You have a, I have a feeling a lot of them went in there so but sick I mean, that they were going to die no matter what you did. But I don't think that as... Many would have died if they would have actually gone to a hospital or a real well, clinic. No. Because malnutrition is, like, very serious. And they also would have, like, you know, hepatitis, malaria, yeah. all these other things. And she was just like, oh, put an IV in them. It's like, Mm-mm. you have no idea what you're doing. When So, yeah, so she was is now being, she's, like, in a federal lawsuit against the people of Uganda Oh, really? Because they're like, you tricked us. We had no idea. We're, like, desperate and wanted your help. And so she is now living back in Virginia. Oh, she was, like, presenting herself as if she was a doctor? Yeah. Oh, And doing things that only a medical professional should do Hmm. when she wasn't. Wow. And she, like, started this whole charity, like, feed his children or, like, nourish his children or something, like, under the name of the Lord Jesus. And did this whole thing. And she was just like, if you, Andy, actually, no, you'd be more qualified. It would be like if mom went Mm. and started, like, I'm going to go to Uganda and have a clinic where it's like, you shouldn't, you have no idea what you're doing. Let's probably not do that. Serving his children? Serving his children. Yeah. So crazy. And she's, yeah, she was like kicked out. The whole thing was shut down because her license as a nutrition center had expired already. Oh, God. And then she tried to go back to Uganda working <clears throat> under someone at just a regular nutrition center. So nutrition centers are if a malnourished child was already be- had already been to the hospital and was in stable condition and they just needed calories, they would go to a nutrition center. Oh, she's just a missionary. Yeah, she's just a missionary. God. Uh, unbelievable. That started her own thing. And, like, I was reading about this and I was just like, this is freaking <clears throat> insane. That this woman was like, I'm going to fix these Ugandan children, and she had no clue. Apparently not. Yeah, she did not. Alex, have you ever been in the Chapelle Expiatoire? I have no idea what that is. It's a uh, French chapel. Mm, maybe. I'm trying to figure out where the town I've, is. <laughs> what town is it in? I've been in a number of French chapels, but... So potentially, I wonder if you've been ever been in the ex- expiatoire. Well, I've only ever been to Paris. I've it is a- in Paris. It oh, is. Well, maybe. Do you see uh, why it's uh, fa- why it's famous today, Andy? No, I'm just trying to. I just found out where it is. It's so in it is the Eighth Arrondissement. See, if okay. you, were you there? So you've probably been there. I maybe. I've well, been to Paris a couple of times, few this'll, times. This will creep you out if you've ever been to that chapel. Oh, goody. <laughs> Archaeologists makes chilling find in walls of the French chapel, the Chapelle Expiatoire. 500 bodies are buried in the walls. That's not surprising. They were all guillotine victims. I hear they're great insulation. 
Yeah, exactly. It's they originally thought the guillotine victims were all buried in the catacomb. Yeah. Yes. But they're not. They're That's buried the catacombs in the is one thing that I'm like, like even saying catacombs. I'm like, Ugh. did you go in the catacombs? Never, oh, never didn't? would I ever no. do that. <laughs> never. No, I'm never. I'm like, in. I have mild claustrophobia. Yeah. Like if an elevator takes too long, I get a little bit like, get me out of here. And like, I went to shoots and ladders, the outdoor play thing with Fawn and Sage and Dan this weekend. And it's all mm. like net, like this giant structure where you climb everywhere and it's net. And I kind of got like. This is, like, too close. Because mm. it's meant for children. I'll never look up the Nutty Putty Cave. And so, what? You've never heard of the Nutty Putty Cave no. guy? What is that? Uh, well, hold on to it, because we have a guest coming up. So why don't we do that in the, not the next segment, but the third segment. This but time. anyway, that's not surprising about the bodies, though. No, it's not. Because, like, where else are you going to put them? There's bodies everywhere in yeah, Europe. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's that's just... true. Medieval people <laughs> yeah. killed each other, and they were like, we don't have any room. Just exactly. stuff them over here. I mean, I'm sure every church, like ancient <clears throat> church, has bodies in yeah. it somewhere. <laughs> second best like, thing to a burial, I hide guess. Hide some bodies in Probably here. true. We will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Meg Gardner. Uh, the book is called the, the Dark Corners of the Night. Uh, should be pretty interesting. She should be an interesting guest. She is up next with the family. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, the owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner, they hit it off, and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. I was going to say we're rocking out, but we really aren't. We're night moving. We're night moving, exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, book's called The Dark Corners of the Night, an unsub novel. Meg Gardner, how are you, Meg? I am well. How are you? Wonderful. So where should we start talking about your areas of expertise? Would it be books? Would it be being on game shows? Are you just good at everything? <laughs> you, you keep at it long enough, and sometimes you become proficient. I'm a former lawyer. I taught at the University of California. I've got three kids, 
that I managed to, uh, to to get out of the house. I have published 15 novels, and uh, I was a three-time Jeopardy champion. So talk about whatever you think everybody wants to hear about. Well, why don't you get off the couch and do something once in a while, Meg? You haven't really... Uh... <laughs> Unbelievable. Get busy, lady. Yeah, get busy, Meg. Come on, let's go. Um, I don't know where to start because I'm fascinated by both. I mean, Stephen King, don't miss it. This is a great one. Then you got Jeopardy. You got the Dark Corners of Night. We got a million things to talk about, Meg, so I better get busy. Why don't we? Yeah, why don't we? Uh, we'll start with a light moment. Uh, first of all, I didn't know you could be a three-time winner on Jeopardy. I thought either you won and then you went back for the tournament. And then if you won the tournament, so how did you get the three, th- the third win? No, what you do is uh, if you are uh, you audition and if you are invited to compete on the show, uh, you you play uh, as many games as you keep uh, as you keep winning. When I was on, it was you you had you could win a maximum of five, and then oh, those people went right. to the tournament of champions. Now it's now it's unlimited, but uh, as uh, long as you keep winning, you keep coming back and it becomes just so much fun and your competitive juices are flowing and that you don't want to ever have to go home <laughs> so, so it's just a I would ball. certainly encourage people to audition it was just a lot of fun to be on jeopardy it seems to be, i love that game show first of all you know i watch wheel of fortune too but uh have you ever heard the descriptions of jeopardy and wheel of fortune as opposed to one another no please tell me um when you're a contestant on Jeopardy, they say, so, Meg, what do you do? Well, I'm a college professor. I've written 15 books. I do this, that, and the other thing. And if you're a contestant on Wheel of Fortune, they ask you and you go, I like shiny objects. <laughs> There's something for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Very good, Meg. You came out of that one very, very well. There's something for everyone. I love it. But I like both game shows. Um, Alex Trebek been a great band. Well, Pat Sajak and Alex Trebek, I think, both do a magnificent job, no doubt about it. Oh, totally. So you just kept winning and having fun, and did you win, did you win a lot of money? Enough. <laughs> okay, that's all I need to know. Enough. Enough is enough. That's good. Plenty. <laughs> now, you said... It was, a, it was an extremely rewarding experience on every level. Let me put it that way. I'm glad to hear that. That's terrific. Um, as far as the books are concerned, not, not, when did you write your and publish your first book? My first novel, China Lake, was initially published actually in Britain in 2002. My, oh, okay. I was living there at the time with my family, and it was published in the United States in 2008. Uh, so I have written and published 15 novels since, uh, since that first one. And the dark corners of the night is, was out uh, a couple months ago. And how long do you actually do you know Stephen King well, or does he just know about you? I I've met him several times. I am honored, uh, gobsmacked. I'm a huge fan. Have been since college, and to find out that he uh, enjoys my work, thinks I've got the chops, has been just incredibly validating and has really made a, a, a difference to me as far as publishing sure. and uh, I cannot say enough about his generosity towards other writers, artists, musicians. Uh, he has a big voice and he is um, extremely generous in paying it forward so I'm very grateful to him. 
Yeah, that is terrific. I, whenever that must have just been shocking. Stephen King, I'm assuming, reached out to you or, or somebody who told you uh, that he was trying to track you down. That had to be pretty impressive. Well, he, he, he. We had the same British publisher, so that I met him through, through them. Oh, okay. And then he, he reached out. I actually was Entertainment Weekly reached out to me to ask me to fact check a, a column he was writing about my books at the time when I didn't yet have a, a U.S. publisher. And he he spent a whole page in Entertainment Weekly urging people to try to find my books, import them if they had to. And uh, strangely, you know what? After years of of being ignored by American publishing, within uh, two days of him writing that column. Fourteen publishers yeah. have changed their mind. Oh. So my message to everybody is: persist, <laughs> keep going, <laughs> make sure you've got something ready. Because when opportunity knocks, you want to be able to open the door. It is so amazing. Well, I didn't really like the book. Well, Stephen King likes it. Oh, then I love it. <laughs> I mean, how, how does that happen? Mm. <laughs> you know, you just you just never know. <laughs> well, you just never know. You're absolutely right. I am the legion of the night. He appears in the darkness like a ghost made of shadows and fear. The midnight man. He comes for the parents but leaves the children alive. Tiny witnesses to unspeakable horror. The bedroom communities of Los Angeles are gripped with dread and the attacks are escalating. That's a pretty good description of your book, don't you think? I think it is. It's a thriller. Uh, It's what I call the unsub novels are about a young FBI profiler who works with the behavioral analysis unit, which is a real unit featured on Criminal Minds and in Mindhunter. And her team uh, tracks and tries to unmask serial predators. So this is the book three in the series, and um, she and her unit are working with uh, the authorities in Los Angeles to try to apprehend this devious, cunning, uh, shifty, shadowy killer who calls himself the Midnight Man, and um, it's a roller coaster, which is uh, the kind of book I write because that's the kind of book I love to read, where uh, you get readers flipping the pages, uh, biting their nails, feeling like they're on a roller coaster ride, uh, riding along with uh, with Caitlin Hendricks, the heroine, and her um, and her her team trying to uh, to stop this guy uh, before anyone else gets hurt. So I hope that everybody, not just Stephen King, is going to, <laughs> is yeah. going to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that'd, be good. that'd be really, really good. Um, hey, let me ask you a question. Just doing the research and thinking about the books, 15 books, of course, um, I just want to ask you how it affects you personally, because I've been around, uh, I've had family members murdered. Uh, I've oh, actually, sorry. I've actually lived with a guy that ended up murdering people. Uh, how did that affect, because it affected me personally, I will tell you that, knowing people who were murderers or got murdered did affect me, and it, it just, it stays with you. In order to write great novels about serial killers and murderers, doesn't that take its toll on you? Well, not in the way that it would, uh, gosh, living with someone who committed murder, that's, uh, that's extremely personal. I write fiction. It's right. based right. in reality. All of the books in the Unsub series have uh, some kernel of fact that sparks each each novel. The the, the Dark Corners of the Night was 
this genesis was in the crimes of the, the Night Stalker in Los Angeles in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lived in Southern California at the time. I remember the dread we all felt that uh, this guy owned the night and we couldn't seem to, nobody could stop him. But the power of, of fiction for both a writer and a reader is that we can step back and shape the story and make it make sense. The fiction <laughs> explains right. how we can, we can work our way through these things. It's supposed to be uh, something that, that is, you know, gripping, compelling, make you uh, hold your breath, uh, be desperate to find out how the suspense unravels. But in fiction, I can step back. I don't have to actually uh, go to a crime scene. I mean, I've spoken to detectives and, the, you know, having to notify a family that a loved one has been killed is far, far <laughs> one of the most difficult things they ever have to do. And that's much difficult, much more, much different from what I do as, as a novelist. But uh-huh. I want people to understand how, uh, how these things can sometimes uh, be put right in the end. Meg, I think it's fantastic, and it, oh, by the way, so you can sleep easier tonight. And my two children in the room are our son Andy and our daughter Alex. Uh, the guy used to live at my mother's house when I was a I was a kid. I was he was a friend of one of my brothers, is actually what it was, and he's in Supermax for the rest of his life. So you don't have to worry. So about we're all him. good. What a life, <laughs> Meg. To hear it. You know, I'm going to have to write a book about my my childhood someday. What a nut house that thing was. <laughs> Meg, you're, you're as good as it gets. Meg Gardner, keep writing books and keep coming back on the show. Love talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks so much. The Dark Corners of the Night, Meg Gardner, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Meg Gardner. A very, very smart woman. Just talking to you, you can tell how smart she is. Very, very smart woman, don't you think? Mm-hmm. The 10 best-run, worst-run cities in the United States. Do you have any guesses at who's best and who's worst, Andy? I, have I would a say a lot of guesses for worst. Detroit would have to be the worst-run city in America. Yeah. I, think. I don't know what could be worse. <clears throat> and best-run, I have no idea. I would, I mean, depends on what the author thinks means best, I suppose. Okay, we'll see if there are any surprises to this whole thing. Okay, so these are the best run. Uh, yes, these are the best run cities in America. 
You ready? Mm-hmm. Nashua, New Hampshire, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Missoula, Montana, Lexington, Fayetteville, Kentucky, Durham, North Carolina, Las Cruces, New Mexico, Provo, Utah, Boise, Idaho, and Nampa, Idaho, the total budget per capita category. So those are the best-run oh. cities in America. It's like most monetarily efficiently run cities. Yeah, yeah so that I would make them the best. So basically, there's not one big town listed here. At all. What, Durham, North Carolina yeah, might be the biggest? Boise, Idaho, maybe? I don't know. But Once you get past a certain size, it turns into crap. It's corruption. Just It's gonna. Yep, there are so many people that, that you get corrupt politicians <clears throat> who end up running the thing right into the ground. Durham has a population of 274,000, so it's actually, you know, somewhat large. How about Boise, Idaho? Let's see. Probably about the same, I would guess. Boise, Idaho has a population of uh, 228,000. Yeah, so it's about the same. Yeah, I think once you get past, like, 300 Things go downhill fast. Now, this is going to be a problem because these are the worst-run cities in America. Number one, Minneapolis. Number two, St. Paul. Uh, actually, Minnesota's not even on the list. <clears throat> and it's not Detroit. But the one that it is is mm. going to make to depress the hell out of you. Flint, Michigan's number 10. Chicago's number 9. Detroit's number 8. Oakland, California, number 7. Number 6, Hartford, Connecticut. Number 5 is New York City. Zero surprises so far, except for maybe Hartford, but I just don't know anything about Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut, yeah. You know what's really weird about that? Somebody just wrote in the comment section, what a surprise, they're all run by Democrats. <laughs> That's real nice. Oh God, that reminds me of a news story I saw the other day, but you can what finish that? yours. Okay, this us take two seconds. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Gulfport, Mississippi. I doubt that's run by a Democrat. Well, the rest of them probably yes. And the, Well, nine out of the ten are, but I don't – I maybe they, it is, what but I it doubt. Called? Gulfport, Mississippi. Gulfport, I really doubt it's run by Democrats. Let's see, Let's see here. Uh, pretty, pretty Republican state, Mississippi is. Uh, it is Republican run. Yeah. Well, the mayor is anyway. The mayor is, yeah. Billy Hughes. Billy Hughes, okay. So, Alex, these are the worst run cities in America. You ready? Gulfport, Mississippi. Apparently that's one of them. Flint, okay. Michigan, Chicago, Illinois, Detroit, Michigan, Oakland, California, Hartford, Connecticut, New York, New York, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Gulfport, Mississippi. Number two is San Francisco. Not a surprise. One of the worst one run places oh God, in yeah. the history of the world. Who made this list? <clears throat> this is from... Um, what's Some website. Uh... <laughs> Oh, you know, I'll have to go back to the front page of the first page of it and find out. Well, what's the what are the qualifications? Why are they the worst? Um, money management and taking care of their citizens. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's basically expenditure per capita, how much the city costs per okay. person to run. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't say who put the list together. It just says the best ten best run, worst run cities in the United States. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say who put together the list. Number one, this is not good news for America. Washington, D.C. You got it. Oh, Washington, D.C. is the worst-run city in America. Washington, D.C. has been a hellhole for decades. It all, well, all of them have been. I mean, look at look at these towns. <clears throat> yeah, Washington, D.C., we've been there. We've been to San Francisco. It used to be great, but now it's a compute puke hole. Mm-hmm. Gulfport, Mississippi is Gulfport, Mississippi. It's a nice town. It's right on the Gulf of Mexico. Obviously, being called Gulfport, you probably could figure that out. 
But I didn't find that to be too bad a town. But I don't know that you'd want to be running around that town at night. I'm sure. Chattanooga, Tennessee is a nice town. I don't know why that's one of the worst run. I guess they're just broke. Although that's a hill. That's hill people too. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of they let their choo choo go. And that's, yep, that's not forgivable. There you go. New York, Hartford, Oakland, Detroit, Chicago, and Flint, Michigan are all those are huge uh, Democratic strongholds. That they just it's just I'm sorry, but they just I don't know what our what our politicians do, but they sure can screw things up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? But I suppose it always has been that way. Dem- well, you know, I look. I, you, you got a situation. I'm getting the first um, indications in my own brain that Trump is not going to be reelected. Number one is John Roberts keeps voting against him, and the Supreme Court has now three straight times, I believe, voted against things that that Donald Trump would favor. And Donald Trump. Uh, I don't know that he cares for Don. Maybe that's what it is, because he was appointed by George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. But the other big sign was when the Lindsey Graham said he needed to talk to Chuck Schumer before he made a decision on something. Yeah. That would be a great indication that he doesn't think Trump's going to get reelected, well, that he's sucking up to the Democrats now. Biden's not going to get elected, so I don't know who's going to I don't gonna know who president. the hell's going to get Biden's going to get elected. Nobody's excited about it. Oh, my There's God. This, I saw this, like, parody ad thing that it was yeah. like settle for biden like it was like settle for biden That's what i'll vote for do. him because i have to yeah. but it could be better well <laughs> when i picked up the food the other night at campiello mm-hmm. there was a bumper sticker on a car that that it said vote for anybody but these two <laughs> so it's literally they don't want to vote for either horrible. one i don't it's horrible yeah, i know it's a terrible choice the only thing that i am kind of like I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, because Trump has voted against a lot of things that I care about. Like, oh, yeah, like what? The environment. Everything to do with the environment. He's just basically. The environment's in great shape. What's the he's problem? He's just destroyed every protection of the environment there ever was. But let me ask you a question. I agree with that. But who's destroying the protection of the citizens of the United States? That would be the other uh, side. It's, they, they're I mean, all horseshit. No, I know. The I, they absolutely are. And so I just, terrible. I don't know. And it's interesting. I was thinking about this. I took the dogs for a hike. Oh, my God. Right. Jude almost didn't make it. Oh, I know, but he couldn't even move <laughs> last night. I yeah. carried him for one mile. <laughs> Jude. He, walked, he hiked one mile. Poor and he Jude. almost died. He was like. <laughs> yeah, but he just hurt, he hurt himself. <clears throat> no, he didn't. He hurt himself like two weeks ago. Well, yeah, but mom said, this is mom said you can walk him, just don't walk. No, he was so wound up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. He like yeah, he gets so gave excited. Himself, like son. excitement <laughs> asthma. Yeah, he does that. He yeah. does. I took right. her. To, May acted like she's never had less exercise in her life. She wasn't even panting. Birch was acting normal, like a dog would on a hot day, and Jude almost died. Anyway. I was hiking the dogs, and I was like, I have not seen a single bumper sticker or sign mm. or post supporting Biden. Like, people are no, like, people are like, I'll vote for him because he's the Democratic yeah. candidate, and that's what I believe in or whatever. But not a single person is like, yes. No, no, it's like, nobody's How excited. does this guy get in? How? How? How did he get in this spot? Honestly, I don't know. if the Democrats dropped the whole anti-white thing, I would probably vote Democrat. Because the Republicans don't do anything. They might as well not exist. 
That's true. They just sit there and do nothing. So I'm basically voting for nothing versus a party that actively hates me. Right. If the Democrats exactly. stopped with the hate, then I think they would be the party to work for. But they're so but mean. God, they're horrible. They're horribly mean people, right? Well, but you know, then, the people they're not part of but their... then Republicans have, they're not great either. I know. That's what Anti, I'm saying. You, we if don't you're have... gay, you can't get married. You I can't know, have control me. over your own body at all. It's like I, ridiculous. You'll get no argument Although, from me you on know any what, of it. You know what I find really confusing? Mm. So Republicans are anti-abortion, and Democrats are pro-vaccine mandate. Oh, are they? Which, yes. those seem like very similar issues to right. me. Right, oh yeah. Yeah. But my body, my choice, unless it has to do with vaccines, then not my body, my choice. Yeah, it's so... It is a little weird. It's man. really weird. That's true. Because it's, yeah, that, yeah, the whole my body, my choice mm-hmm. thing. But like, nope, if there's vaccines involved, you're... Everybody has to be mandated and blah, 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 because there's so much freaking money in vaccines. Well, that's the whole thing. There's so much money in vaccines. It's all there is. So that first hour shot by. Oh, my. By very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. We will be back in just a few minutes <laughs> with the family.